Listen, but you know, as I was worshipping, I mean, didn't you just feel the Holy Spirit? I mean, everybody, didn't you just feel the Holy Spirit? And it's so wonderful for me to, to have a time to preach in my own group, in my own church, because we travel a lot and I preach at, at other churches every now and again and stuff, and it's so wonderful just to be at home. It's so wonderful to be with our friends and the people that love us and the people that pray for us. It's really, really, really incredible. So, it is a very special day this morning, not just because my wife baked me flipping um, banting uh, uh, cupcakes for this morning, because it's my birthday, okay? <laughs> it's my birthday, and how incredible is it that I can chat about joy on my birthday? You know, that's just the most incredible gift. So, so we've been going with the preaching team, and we're talking about the nine pillars of your life and the fruit. So that's, that's, that's where we are in the series, okay? So it's in, uh, about Galatians, and we're talking about the fruits of the Spirit. And um, so we're going over the preaching team, and <clears throat> well, we're sitting with them, and, and we had to choose on which fruit to speak to. So we were praying and stuff, and Jerry Dean said, listen, that's the one you've got to pray about, joy. And the reason for that is, it's not just because it's on my birthday, and I think this is just the most amazing thing that I, you know, the, the gift to be able to stand in the presence of God and really deliver His Word for you so that something can impart on your life today, that you can walk out here, you know, the Holy Spirit changing your heart, you know, because that's what it's about. It's not about me, it's not about John, it's not about anybody, it's about the Holy Spirit coming into your lives, you know, and moving and shaking and turning things so that you can really have the wisdom to understand what the Word of God says. Not what I say, but what the Word of God says, because that's what makes Center Church so special. You know, we, we are a freaking joyous church. Our church, let me tell you, Joburg will know us because of our joy in Christ. And that's my prayer for Center Church, that we be that church, you know, that, that church of absolute joy. But the reason I'm praying about this is because the, the opposite of joy has been so relevant in my life. Depression and um, lack of motivation and dissatisfaction and all those things have been such a part of my life and I'm sure part of your life as well. And, and I want to share with you, not just how God changed me, you know, but I want to share about joy tonight. Let me, t- <laughs> Let me tell you how difficult it is. Because the entire Bible is a book on joy. The entire Bible is good news. That's why they call it good news, you know. And I was sitting with this for the last three, four weeks, okay, marinating on this flippant sermon. So I'm telling John, John, how am I going to do this? How am I going to share what God is giving to me? And on my, how am I going to put it in 30 or 35 minutes. And while well, he just, I think, prayed for me. What did he do, John? 30 or 25. Oh, jeez. Okay, let's, let's just get out. 30 or 25. Okay, but we're not rushed here today. We're going to have an awesome living. And so, anyway, it is a joyful day today. Today is joyful. Tomorrow is not going to be joyful because I'm going to get a root canal, which I'm not very joyful about tomorrow. <laughs> so, so, anyway, so, let's start. Okay, so, nine pillars, or the fruit of the Spirit, we're talking about joy. And the, what I want to share with you, really, is... When you're reading the Word and you, and, you, and you read Galatians 5, the fruits of the Spirit, the Spirit is a supernatural thing. And what, what we need to know is, is that, that joy, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, are supernatural things, okay? Now, of course, people can, can have some of these things, okay? But you can't, in a supernatural way, conjure up or manipulate, you know, joy. I mean, eventually people are going to catch you out. You know, there's a difference between Christian supernatural joy and ordinary joy. And the world doesn't teach you that. And that's what I want to share with you today. I want to talk about supernatural joy. Because, I mean, there's this thing that you can BS some people sometimes, but you can't BS all the people all the time. Okay? So, so that's what I want to um, talk about. And the reason it's so important to understand it's super, supernatural, because Christ says, you know, don't get drunk on wine, but get drunk on the Spirit. You know, don't get 
because drunkenness on wine and worldly things just leads to debauchery, you know, and he's got this heart, God has got this heart, he talks to you about this, he doesn't say, don't get drunk on wine because it leads to debauchery, that's not his heart, he comes to him and says, don't get drunk on wine, don't get drunk, because you're going to hurt yourself, I care for you, get drunk on the spirit, live on the spirit, because the fruits of that is what's going to change your life, so it is a spiritual thing, and there's a couple of things you need to know about fruit. Why do you think Jesus calls it fruit? Because it is dessert, okay? Okay, you just do it still. I'm going to share with you. Okay, there's three things quickly. So, <laughs> so, so fruit is, a fruit is always the end product of everything that you plant in nature. It is the end product. You must understand the fruit is never the pursuit. Jesus is the pursuit, the vine abiding in the vine, dwelling in the vine. That's what God talks about. You know, John, you know, I'm the vine, you know, dwelling me, resting me, you know, and then I will fill you up. So the pursuit is Jesus. The fruit is the product. It's the product of being, being with Jesus. So it is the end result, okay? That's the first thing about the fruit. The second thing is, is that it's seasonal. You must understand that you're not going to get all the fruit all the time, right now. You know, you've got the Spirit inside of you, I've got the Holy Spirit, where's my fruit? Goodness, kindness, oh, it doesn't work that way. Okay, so in Psalm 1, if you read, you know, God says, you know, if you don't walk with sinners, and you don't sit in the seat of the scornful, and you don't run with all the rubbish, you know, but your delight is in the law of the Lord, and you, and you spend and you meditate time in the Lord, and that's just a, a tip here. You know, if you really want to experience the joy, you've got to spend time in the Word. Okay? You've got to spend time in the Word, guys, okay? It's discipline. You've got to spend time getting to know God. But then he says there, you know, when you do this, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, okay? And you will in due season bear fruit, but your leaves won't wither. Which means that in season, God will give you the certain fruit that you need, okay? In certain situations, God will bring forth the fruit that you need in order to act appropriately and have and trust and have faith in Him and and move forward in a godly way, okay? But your leaves won't wither. So you're not going to have all the fruit all the time, but you're never going to die. You, you plant it there with, with, with Jesus and, and on the living vine. So that's very important. It's seasonal. So don't walk out here and go, oh, well, I don't have all the fruit and all of that stuff. Please, you know, it's, God works with you from the inside. And then the other thing is, which is probably the most important thing, a fruit is a seed. When fruits are on trees, and when they fully ripe, they fall off and they land on the ground and they plant other, other seeds. Okay, and for and for for reproduction, for duplication. So the fruit that we have, it's supposed to overflow and be a seed into other people's lives. That is so important. So our joy. Now look, there are different personalities. I am a. I don't know what personality I am if I go into the disc profile, but I'm a special personality. I'm very special. Okay. So 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 I mean I I. You know, the way I show joy is maybe completely different the way you show joy. I'm not saying you've got to jump up and down and be like, no, 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 no. I'm going to read you the definition that I, there are so many definitions of joy, I'm going to tell you now quickly. So it's very important to just talk about quickly what is joy and what's the difference between joy and happiness. Because if you go read in the dictionary, did you know that joy and happiness almost says exactly the same thing? It says the one is pleasurable and that one's pleasurable and this is pleasure and this is And kind of there's a different, when we talk about Christian joy, it's something completely different. Happiness is something which is determined on happenings. Happenings in your life. And it's good. You know, when I want Survivor and I want a million bucks, dude, I was flippin' happy. Okay? Let me tell you, who here doesn't like money? 
Okay, great. Because if you don't like money, give it to me. I should have actually asked you, who here likes money? You're going to go, not put up your hand. I'm going to say, well, then give it to me. Because nobody's going to put up their hand. Of course, money's great, man. Well, it was amazing, you know. But I met Christ on that island. I met him on that island. That was joy. That was just... And, and joy is not based on happening. Joy is a choice. It's a choosing that you have to do. We're going to get into that a, a, a little bit later. Um, happiness is based on circumstances. It's based on circumstances. Joy is something which is internal. It is an internal thing. Let me tell you, I was, Jeredy knows this, I was engaged years ago to this other girl, okay? And, oh, listen, I met her in rehab. I met her in rehab, okay? This girl and us, it was just insane. So anyway, it only lasted three months, okay? And after I knocked my head on this table and I knocked myself out, I headbutted myself because I was so angry at this woman, I said, well, now I'm going to buy a BMW, you know? And I had this Persia that I bought on residual. And I went and I, I traded in this Persia. I bought this BMW just to feel good about myself. Let me tell you, it felt good for two days. Two days. On the third, I'm like, oh, my word, this payment. Oh, jeez. <laughs> 10 grand a month on this thing, and then it just went, oh, what did I do? But for those children, it was happy, you know? So that's the difference between happiness and, and joy is an internal thing. It's character. We're going to get to that. Joy is all about character. Happiness is short-lived. It comes and it goes. Short-lived. Joy is eternal. Because the joy is, come on, staying with God, Lord Almighty. I mean, dude, this earth, with this little problem and everything, I know sometimes it sounds, there's people in here that says, how can you talk about joy? It's going so bad. But let me tell you what's waiting for us. I'm telling you, that's the stuff I meditate on. That's the stuff I lie at night, the things that are worthy, the things that are amazing. That's the stuff I think about at night when I, when I go to bed. You know, what is waiting for us? So, here's my definition of joy. This is probably, it's my definition. Heike Berg's definition. So, okay, brace yourself. Good. Okay, joy, joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail in my life. I did steal this somewhere, okay? <laughs> I did steal this somewhere, okay? Yeah, because John says, how can settled assurance? That's not Heike's vocabulary. Joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of every detail in my life, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything will be all right, and the determined choice to praise and thank God in all things, okay? And we'll put it up on the website and people want to raise it. But I just really want to talk about us, you know. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I don't have a lot of time, so I'm not going to read it again. But Philippians 4.3, okay, so do you, know, do you know that there are some verses in the Bible sometimes that when you read over it, you kind of, it never really hits you. You like read things in the Bible and every once in a while you read something and it hits you like a hammer. You know, every once in a while. And Paul in Philippians goes and he says, you know, and he's writing to the, to, to the church in Philippi. Not because of concern or anything, because the church in Philippi at the time, he's writing from jail, but the church in Philippi at the time just support him financially. It wasn't like the letters to the Galatians and the Colossians and everything. It was really a letter of appreciation, but he says there, rejoice, okay? He says, he says there, rejoice in the Lord always, I will say again, rejoice. And what I never got is, is that that is a command. Did you know that? Yeah. Do you know that when God says do not worry, that that is a command? It's not... Like, if you worry, it's sin. Think about it. Do you know how much that helped me with worrying when I realized that if I worry, I'm sinning against God? That's how badly he doesn't want you to worry. Like when he says rejoice, and he doesn't say sometimes rejoice. He says always, 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 always rejoice, you know? And I always thought that commands were like the heavy things. That was like the downside of Christianity. 
okay? You know, I, I got saved, now, okay, now I can't have sex anymore before marriage, I can't, have, I can't use drugs anymore, I can't steal anymore, because I used to love stealing, okay? <laughs> I used to love drugs, okay? Loved it, okay? I used to have all the worldly things, so now I've got to go now. So that's what the downside is. I always thought God gave the command, like, don't do that, you shall not murder, you shall not this. That's not how God said it. Do you know that God is a loving God, and He goes, don't murder anybody, because... Because it's going to hurt you. You're going to go to jail. He says, don't, don't lie. Because it's going, to, it's going to hurt you more than anybody else. Don't do this. And eventually as you grow older, you, you realize that these commands are actually quite good things. Well, it's a good thing not to murder somebody. It's a good thing, yeah. You know, because, yeah, I mean, I'm going to have a good life. It's a good thing not to, it's a good thing to honor your parents. And then when you're a parent, you got your kids, it's a good thing to honor me, you know. <laughs> what are we going to, so, so it's, it, it, is a, it is an absolute command. And did you know that, don't you know that God wants you to be joyful? Do you know how many years I struggled with that? That God wanted me to be joyful? Because I grew up in a home where I had to work all the time. Kind of, you know, I was never allowed to sleep late. You know, my father always wanted to get us up and get us on the go and stuff. And so in my mind, you know, it always feels like I have to do something and work and be productive and all those things. And when I, lay, when I take a day off and I just want to sit and rejoice and joy and, and watch a Netflix series or something, who here feels guilt when they do that? It's like this guilt that comes up when you go, oh, you know. And God says, Heike, I want you to enjoy these things. Because you're not supposed to work all the time. Did you know that? You've got to rest, abide in God. John 15, read it, you know, be rest. And the, the, the joy will come. So, so how many of you here had 100% complete joy this week? Without it being taken, or well, without you losing it. You know, we like to use that word, I lost my joy. It's like I'm going, I lost my six-pack. No. <laughs> You didn't lose your six-pack. You gave it away. It's a choice, okay? Oh, well, I just lost, you know. I just, no, 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 no. So how many of you did have joy, 100% joy this year? Because let me tell you that, well, this year, this day. The Bible is talking about a super, supernatural joy that believers can have. And the joy that he talks about, it's almost like when he talks about love. He says, there's a supernatural love. I don't just want you to love the people that love you. Because even sinners do that. I want you to love your enemies. I want you to bless those that curse you. I want you to, when somebody takes from you and hates you, I just go give him your tunic. I want you, I mean, that's supernatural love, okay? What is the greatest form of love? God is on this cross. People have pinned him against that wall, dying for us. Even the guys that did it to me says, God, God, Father, you love them so much. Forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. That is supernatural love, okay? And he talks about this joy that we can have, supernatural joy, okay? And every now and again, you kind of see that because you don't see that often with Christians. You don't see that supernatural joy often in, in the Christian life. You don't. You know, we still, it's still dependent on circumstances. When things go great, we can celebrate. Health, wealth, and happiness. That's kind of what the world thinks the gospel is all about. Health, wealth, and happiness. God is going to prosper my way. God is going to make my way straight. He's going to bless me with prosperity and all of those kind of things. And But when things go bad, we go, oh, God, you do many, are you? Okay? So, so, and every now and again, there was a, this biker dude that I knew. Because I was in a church prior to this... Uh, was the bikers church and it was a lovely church learned so much and really um it was an incredible time in my life and and there was this one dude and he died on a motorbike accident and um and on his on the accident scene there was nothing left of him nothing when they got to him nothing okay but he was still alive and the first person that got to him he grabbed him he grabbed him and he said can i pray for you you know how that is, you know, this guy's busy dying, he says, listen, he's got the smile on his face, he says, can I pray for you, because I'm going to meet this, this God that I've been worshipping my whole life, and I'm going to meet him now, 
I'm going to meet him. Come on. I mean, that is so powerful, you know. So I want to take us just quickly to James 1, you know. The, James 1 is, a, and this is such an incredible verse, you know. It's a, and James was the half-brother of Jesus. And James writes this letter, um, and he writes this letter to the 12 tribes, the 12 tribes, not Indian tribes, the, the 12 tribes of, of Israel, okay? And just to, <laughs> just, just to give you a bit of a background of why he's writing this letter, okay? So um, it was the early church, and the early church started in Jerusalem, obviously, and, and a whole bunch of Jews started believing in Jesus. And when you go to Acts 7, 8, 9, you know, in Acts 7, it's the stoning of Stephen, where Stephen was being stoned. In Acts 8, that's where Saul, which was Paul, Saul was standing there, and he actually affirmed his death. He gave the... the, the, the Confirmation. I could say, okay. So, so, and then in Acts nine, Saul has got this massive conversion. Obviously, he becomes leader of the church, and he writes third of the Bible and everything. So, but you know, so Saul, so so James writes this, this letter because there was a great persecution at the time, and the the twelve tribes were scattering. They were running. They were running across Judea and Samaria. They were just running. Because imagine this quickly. Imagine we sit here now, and a bunch of armed men runs in here, and they just shoot. We run. Imagine it. We run here with our babies and our children. We can't go home because they know we live there. You can't go home. You're running. Your life will never be the same again. You don't know where you're going to go. You've got nowhere to. Your whole life is just destroyed. And people are just coming and they're taking children and they're killing children and dragging you off to jail. And imagine that happens right now. Okay? So James is writing this letter. Okay? And he says, Now imagine you, James. Okay, and you've got to write this letter to these people. And he starts this letter with greetings. Okay, greetings. And greetings, the word greetings comes from a joyous word. It comes from rejoice. Okay, he says greetings. Consider this, brethren, pure joy. Yay! You know, consider it joy, not a little pure joy. You know, he doesn't go and say, oh guys, I'm so sorry. You know, because that's what we do. We, we, we say to people, I'm so sorry, things are going so bad with you. Oh, just see the silver lining, you know. Oh, just hang on to a little bit of joy. You've got one kid left, the two has been slaughtered. Or, you know, just, just hang on to a little bit. He doesn't say that. He says, your world is falling apart, but consider it pure joy. Okay? You, you must think this guy, I met people like that in base copies, I promise you. Okay? When I was there, I promise you. You know? I think I was one of them. So, he says, hang on to it. Because he says this, he says... Whenever you face trials of many kinds, consider this picture, whenever you face trials of many kinds, whenever you face, and in, in this passage, face means to be thrown down on the floor, you know, trials of many kinds, not just one kind of trial. Imagine right now, you lose your job, you lose your family, you lose your best friend, you lose your partner, okay? Your friends are gossiping about you. You lose your car, you lose your house. You've got nothing left. Everything around you falls apart. You lose everything. There's no money coming in. You don't know how it was. You lose everything. And you're on this floor and he says, consider that all pure joy. You know? This is what the word says, people. Okay? And for us, usually that would be, oh, geez, that would be so, it's so bad, you know? And, and what he's talking about is he's talking about this pure joy that comes from God, that comes from the Holy Spirit. It's not dependent on circumstances. The supernatural joy that you're dependent on the Father and God Almighty that you're not attached to this worldly things out there, but you're holding on to this joy of God, okay, of Jesus Christ. And here's why you can have it. He says, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Now, the word perseverance is a very interesting word. It means 
to be under and to hold something up. It means that like you are under something and you're holding something up, like these pillars, the nine pillars of what we're talking about. It's one of the pillars you need to build your life. You're holding something up as if you, you're becoming strong to kind of stand under pressure. The opposite is collapse or falling apart. That's the opposite of perseverance, okay? And um, so he's talking about rejoicing because it's developing your strength, strength to hold up under pressure. And I want to ask you a question quickly. Okay, so... If I had to take a little survey, you come in the door, and I ask every single body, do you want to be a strong person? What are you going to say to me? Yeah, we all want to be a strong person. I've yet to meet somebody that says, I want to be weak. You know? I just want to fall flat when everything happens. I just want to fall apart when whatever happens, you know? I've never met a person like that. Okay, question number two. Do you want to have trials this week? Massive trials. No. Okay, you see, and here's, the, here's where the wisdom comes in from God. You can't have, you can't have being a strong person because the Bible teaches it without any pain. You can't. The Bible teaches you, you can't become strong and develop without massive pain and suffering. You know, you can't have that. Um, and, uh, you know, and then the Bible, then God talked to me a little bit more. You, you know, I was, I was doing this sermon and I think, well, God says, but, and what do you pray for people? What do you pray for your children? Oh God, just protect them, just that they can be safe, Father. Take care of them. It's so wonderful. And God, you know, just pray for my family that they can be safe and that they can be just so safe, Father. And then I pray for me that I can be just so safe and everything is just so safe and eventually get put me into a good community where nobody can touch me and I can just be so safe, you know. And that, that nobody can, I just want to live in this bubble so that I can just be so safe, safe, safe. And that's what we kind of pray for because that's our mentality. We pray for people just to be so safe and so guarded. Because that's kind of our natural tendency, okay? And, um, you know, if I pray for people to have a pain-free life, um, they won't be able to uphold when the pressure comes. They won't be able to uphold when the pressure comes. My brother is a complete meth heavy. Meth heavy. He's one of the most intelligent guys that I know. He's a CFA. He was second in charge of Simon Private Investments. He's had drug problems his whole life. He had a relapse many years ago, and he hasn't come clean yet. He's a meth addict. And... You know, we pray that, I've prayed all kinds of prayers. Today, you know what I pray for him? I say, God, bring the necessary trials to him that he needs in order, and it's going to be a painful trial. It's going to be very, very painful. You know, I spoke to the other day, to, uh, we were at Connect Group with, um, with Ryan and with everybody, and we were talking about our kids, and where we're going to take our kids one day with schools, and you kind of, sometimes you get worried about the future of this country and everything, and that stuff happens with us, and you think, what are we... You know, and you have this idea sometimes where parents go, you know, I'm working so hard, I want to make so much money, I want to have all the security because I want to give my child what I didn't have. I grew up and I was struggling, my parents got divorced, I was a junkie for so many years, there were so many dysfunctional problems in our family, just by the way, all families with more than one member is dysfunctional, just by the way, okay? So, because everybody's broken, but you always go, I had such a bad life, and so, you know, and, um, but we never realized that it was that pain that made me who I was today. We never stand to realize that. So, you know, um, and uh, yes, good, good, good. I like it. I like it. Okay. Yes. So, so, and then he goes on and he says, you know, well, God, obviously the Bible says you can't have a pain-free life and, and be a strong person. You can't. So, and then he says in verse 4, you know, he says, perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And you know, the world doesn't speak about this at all anymore. The end product, which, and this is the thing that God is interested in, is the end product, you know. 
I have, when was it you meet somebody that says, you know, I'm working on becoming a, a full, complete, sanctified man of character in the next, like the end product. I'm, that's what I'm working on. You know, my two-year plan is to be that kind of person. My five-year plan is to be that kind of person in character. In 10 years, I want to have this kind of character. Nobody talks about it like that anymore at all. What people talk about is how much money am I going to have at the end of my life? How much security am I going to have at the end of my life? I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that's what people talk about today. The security, security, security. And, and what God is interested in is our character. That's what James talks about here, you know, so that we can have everything, not lacking anything. Because you see, society today, we don't value character anymore. We value comfort. We value comfort. That's what we value. We think God is good to us when He blesses us and we have comfort and we've got money and great possibilities. God blesses us more in trials because of the work that He's doing within you. Okay? And that's what God cares about. It's like baking a cake. Like this little, the, the, the little magic things that Geraldine baked for me this morning. It was so cute. So, so, so when you bake a cake, you don't worry about all this stuff here. You just worry about the end product. What's it going to taste like? If you worried about all that stuff, you would have taken cocoa powder and go, oh, and you've taken the butter and you go, and you'd have break an egg in your mouth and you go, oh, no, that doesn't work, you know. And, and, and we don't do that, do we? Because we go, oh, that's bad, you know, I don't want that kind of stuff. And stuff. I just want to, I just care about the end product. And, and that's what God um, cares about, you know. And, um, and you will ask God one day, you will ask God. We often go to God and go and say to God, God, why did this thing happen in my life? Why did, as a child, my parents leave me? You know, why, why here did my brother do this to me? Father, why, why right here, Father, did my girlfriend leave me or cheated on me or why my wife left me? Why here did, did everything just collapse and fall apart financially? And people just, you know, why did my best friend here, Father, right here, why did he do all this hurt and stuff to me? Lord Jesus, why is all this stuff happening? And then at the end, we realize, what, you know, God is saying to us, it's to develop that strength, that perseverance, a strong, courageous human being at the end, because that's what I'm, that's what I care about. That's what God cares about, you know. You will see that at the end, you know, all these ingredients were necessary um, so that you can become strong and complete. So, here's another question. Um, if I had to ask you, and you've got to answer this really honestly, you've really got to ask, sincerely ask yourself this question, just in your heart, you know. If God had to come to you now and say to you, listen, um, for the next five years, you've got a choice. For the next five years, you're not going to have any trials. You're not going to have any trials. You're going to have get promotions. You're going to earn so much money. Okay? You're going to meet the most beautiful woman and even your wife. I mean, she's going to start loving you again. Okay? <laughs> Whatever. Okay? <laughs> There's going to be no gossiping. You're going to become just, everything's going to go well for you. Every single thing that you put your hands is going to be successful. Everything's just going to work for you. There's going to be no uncomfortability. You're just going to thrive. It's like this prosperity gospel that kind of most people believe in, you know? So a, lot, a lot of people believe in, you know? Obey God and He's just going to make me prosper in a worldly way. You know? So, that's the kind of life you're going to have. Or, number two, but, okay, with number one, after these five years, you're not going to be any closer to me. You're going to be exactly where you were. You're not going to have grown. You're not going to have become stronger. You're not going to have, you know, so you're going to be exactly where you are today, but everything's going to go well. Or, in the next five years, you're going to have massive trials. Massive trials. Like, really, it's going to push you to the limit. But at the end of those five years, you're going to be stronger. You're going to be more complete. You're going to understand what it means to draw strength from me and not draw strength from my friends, draw strength from my wife, try to get 
you know, that idea of my wife is supposed to give me joy. My church is supposed to give me joy. My job is supposed to give me joy. You know, I'm dependent on all these things to give me joy. No. Then you'll understand that the only place you can get true, fulfilled joy is from me, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be strong, and you're going to be able to uphold massive pressure. But you're going to have massive trials. Which one will you choose? Think about it. Very, very, very carefully. Um, it's really a tough question because if your, if your mind and heart, and look, I, it's not like I've got all the answers. I mean, we, it's so difficult. It's a difficult thing, this. It's a very difficult thing. But, you know, often my heart and stuff kind of falls to the future and what I want to do and all these dreams that I have and all these desires and, and I want to achieve all these great things and everything, you know. And, and I forget about the, my greatest pursuit is to move closer to God and closer to Jesus and that stuff will be whatever it is but this is kind of where I want to be and if your heart is here you know you're not going to want to be here and you've got to understand what is the most important thing for you is the most important thing for you to draw close to Jesus draw close to the Holy Spirit get yourself filled continuously not just come to church once a week this is not enough this is half time lemons like John says we come here great you you're going to think, oh, I'm so inspired, I'm so, you know, you raise your off in a taxi, and you're going to you know, no, it's a continuous filling of the Spirit, but you know, so in other words, do you welcome trials in your life, do you welcome trials, so, um, you know, I want to end off just by saying, you know, um, I'm going to be afterwards, if, if you want prayer in terms of these things, you know, please, Please come, let, let us pray. You know, we don't have all the answers, but I can pray for wisdom because James says, if you don't understand these things, because I get it, you know, if you don't understand, like, how can I have joy when my mother is dying? How can I have joy when I've just had, like, how can I, what is this joy? Because it's supernatural, remember, and you can have access to it, okay? The next verse, James 5, says, if anybody lacks wisdom, wisdom in this, ask and it will be freely given to you. But you have to believe that you can receive it. You see, many Christians, I know many Christians, that aren't joyful at all because they don't allow themselves to receive. To receive. I've got this, this, this beer man, Brian, okay? This old man. I say, from Brian, who's going to be you? Yeah, Aramadaram. You know, Aramadaram. Of what's, what's all this? He's always complaining, always. Just, he loves God, you know, and everything. But it's, there's no joy because he doesn't know how to receive it. So that's, you know, I want to be and, and, and pray for you in terms of. You know, giving you the wisdom so that, you know, so that us as a church, you at Center Church, can really go out there and, and share to the world supernatural joy and show the world that our joy is not determined on, on how well we do and finances and popularity and all of that stuff. It's not. It doesn't matter whether you've lost your job. God will take care of you. It doesn't matter whether things happen. Yes, of course, it's hurtful and stuff, but God will fill your heart take you, lead you. He wants you to draw close to him. And that is what happens in tough times. You know, Habakkuk says this, and I want to just read you this quickly. Habakkuk says this. It's so beautiful. Habakkuk had a terrible ministry, you know. Shame. It's a poor guy, you know. But Habakkuk says this, you know, and this is in the word. This is the word of God, guys. It's supernatural. We, we serve a loving, living father. Do you believe that? Do you believe that you serve a supernatural God that loves you? His first priority every single morning is to build a furious love affair with you. Every single morning he gets up, you his first priority. He wants to love you and walk this journey with you. And he wants to help you step into the fullness of what he has planned for you. 
And Habakkuk says, he, says here, he says, Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And what this guy is saying, do you know what he's really saying? He says, over and above my family, over and above my children that I love, over and above every, every small little good thing that I might still have in my life, those things fail in comparison to my relationship with you. My love for Geraldine, I love her dearly. She's incredible. But it still fails in comparison to what I have in Christ Jesus. It fails, you know. And when that guy that died on that motorbike accident, when he died, let me tell you, he left this little world with all these little things and all these little problems. He left it. He was like, I'm going. Little problems, little things that we worry about, little things that happen, little trials that we have. And he's going to this almighty Father, almighty God, and he's meeting this Jesus that he's been serving his whole life. Like, I mean, just imagine that. That, that freaked my eight. Yellow And it's just so beautiful. And my prayer for Senators and all of you is that you will walk out of here today and just, just trust and have faith and just, just spend time with God. And when things go so terrible, you know, just spend time with Jesus because he's building something new. That's why you can have joy. He's building you. He's building this church. He's building character. He's building power. He's building massive leaders in this church and, and in the world. So we serve an awesome God. Let me pray for us. Thank you so much for joining us. You might be asking yourself the question, how can I take this further? Firstly, you can send us your contact details to cindy at centerchurch.co.za where we can include you in our online connect groups and you can receive our daily devotional. Secondly, you can hop on our website where you can access previous sermons and find out more about who we are at Center Church. Thirdly, if you consider yourself as part of Centre Church, we want to thank you so much for your ongoing financial partnership. The banking details are on the website. Thank you so much for joining us and hope you have an amazing Sunday.